0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art, San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
1: You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Maureen Cavanaugh. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and our midday movie critics thought it would be fun to suggest some films themed to the holiday, but of course... With a twist, so instead of sentimental favorites like I Remember Mama or Little Women, we have some less conventional picks that (laughs) reveal a diverse range of moms. So, joining me today with a lineup of Mother's Day movies are KPBS Cinema Junkie Beth Acamondo. Hi, Beth. Hi, Maureen.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs. Featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at CandlewoodArtsFestival.org.
1: And Movie Wallace Yazdi Pathavala. Yazdi, welcome. Hello, Maureen. So, Beth, when the idea of Mother's Day movies came up, one film immediately jumped to mind for you, but I'm not sure it would be everyone's go to pick. Would you like to explain? Well, certainly. So when you say Mother's Day, I say psycho.
2: So (laughs) Mrs. Bates, to me, is simply one of the most memorable mothers of all time. I mean, her presence hangs over the film, even if we don't see her. We feel her watching over everything from the creepy house on the hill, and Norman talks about her with this, like, great intensity— The film is from 1960 and has been discussed in great detail, so I don't think it's really a spoiler for me to say that Mrs. Bates turns out to be the double twist of this film. So first, she's the killer in the infamous shower scene and others, and then we discover that she's actually been dead for years and has taken over her son Norman, and it's Norman as his mom who commits the murders. I want to play a little bit of my favorite scene. And this is the final scene from Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece. And we see Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, sitting in the police station. And then we hear his mother's voice in a voiceover at the end. It's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son. But I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have years ago. He was always bad. And in the end, he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man as if I could do anything except just sit and stare like one of his stuffed birds. They know I can't even move a finger and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet just in case they do suspect me. That is a mother whose presence is felt throughout the entire movie.
1: Okay, well, I think I've got a mother-son duo to actually rival Psycho. It's James Cagney and Margaret Witcherly in White Heat. That mother and son are the center of a ruthless gang of criminals. Ma Jarrett would do anything for her boy Cody, and James Cagney's Cody almost goes mad when she dies. In this clip, Mom has just nursed Cody through one of his killer headaches. It's going? Yes.
2: Are you sure?
3: Yeah. It's like having a... It's like having a red-hot buzzsaw inside my head. No. No, not yet, son. Hmm? Don't let them see you like that. Might give some of them ideas. Hmm. Always thinking about your Cody, aren't you?
1: That's right. So what do you think? Does that give Psycho a, a run for the money? It does give Psycho a run for
2: the money. But I will say, Mrs. Bates gets to exert her influence not only during her lifetime, but after. So I give her an extra point for that.
3: No, Maureen, and, and your book actually reminds me of another memorable mother, which is uh, Angela Lansbury in The Manchurian Candidate. Yes. Also a mother who, who really in every way reigns over her son.
1: But your first pick, Yazdi, is in the horror genre. You turn to a more genuinely protective mother figure than poor Mrs. Bates, one that you call the mama bear.
3: Yeah, I really love movies where motherhood is played in terms of the mother trying to protect their children. And I can think of no better example of that than Sigourney Weaver, Across the Alien series, but particularly in Aliens, the James Cameron-directed film. And James Cameron, of course, is famous for many mother figures, including Linda Hamilton in uh, Terminator 2, also a memorable mother. But what I really like about the Sigourney Weaver character Ripley in Aliens is that she's going to reach the end of her rope. She's literally dealing with this all-evil alien creature on a spaceship, And uh, she also has to deal with the corporation which owns the spaceship, which wants to keep the alien alive for its own nefarious reasons. And while she's kind of dejected with the state that she is in, oddly enough, her being forced to become a surrogate mother for this little girl who is found on the ship gives her that extra power to kind of take things in her own hands. So I love this idea of... A heroine who is almost raised to becoming a superpower through her becoming a mother. When usually we see mother motherhood being as something of a burden in movies, here it elevates the heroine. And uh, we have a clip here from Aliens for the first time that Ripley meets uh, the little girl Newt.
1: Newt, I like that. I'm Ripley. It's nice to meet you. What about your brother? What's his name? Timmy. Is Timmy
0: around here too?
1: Maybe hiding like you were. Any sisters? Mom and Dad? Newt.
0: Look at me. Where are they? They're dead. All right, can I go now? I'm sorry, Newt.
1: Don't you think you'd be safer here with us? These people are here to protect you. They're soldiers.
2: It won't make any difference.
1: Ripley is not the only mother figure in this movie.
3: <laughs> no, it's it's really a battle between two super mothers. The other mother in the movie is the alien mother itself, which has been, you know, hatching its own offspring uh, around the spaceship and she's fighting to save her own alien kids as well. We are led towards the climax of the movie to this great battle between two iconic mothers.
1: Now, Beth, I am not surprised that you have another horror pick for us for Mother's Day. But this mom is a little more sympathetic and less scary than the one in Psycho. You're going with The Babadook.
2: Yes, I love this film. And the Baba Duke basically has all the trappings of a boogeyman thriller. It plays on our universal childhood fears of something lurking under the bed or in the closet or out in the dark just beyond the nightlight. But writer director Jennifer Kent turns this horror formula into something much creepier and emotionally more disturbing because what her film is really about is what I see as a damaged bond between a mother and her son. So we have young Samuel who bluntly says that his dad got killed in a car driving his mom, Amelia, to the hospital to have him. And so this death hangs over Amelia, who wants to try and deal with it, but it's this deep down like grief and loss that she doesn't know how to cope with. And so to me, the core of the horror in this film is what, If you're a mom who doesn't feel like you can love your own son. I give credit to this film. They do not hold back on making Samuel a kid that can test even a saintly mother's patience. So here's an example. This is Samuel in the car having a fit while his mom is trying to drive.
1: This is the Mother's Day edition of midday movies with KPBS cinema junkie Beth Akamando and movie Wallace Yazdi Patavala now Yazdi, your next pick is not horror film it's uh it's on a similar theme though in the sense of a mother who's feeling overwhelmed, and that is Charlie's Theron in Tully
3: yeah, I really like this movie you know we are so used to being mothers portrayed a particular way they're either portrayed as heroic or they're portrayed as somebody who sacrifices everything for their children, rightly so. It's very rarely in cinema that we see characters acknowledge how utterly overwhelming and you know downright paralyzing it can be when you are in the thick of the hardest parts of motherhood. And Tully plays this so well in kind of letting us realize how the central character who has to deal with a child who has special needs, is so consumed by it that she pretty much loses herself and loses her grip on reality. And here is a clip from the movie where, as a mother, she's already at odds, completely overwhelmed, and she's uh, brought into the school to meet with the educator who tells her that uh, her son is perhaps not welcome at the school anymore.
1: There are places that are better suited to kids like Jonah. What
3: does that mean,
1: kids like Jonah? Well, he's quirky, and he, oh he my needs God. a... What is this quirky
2: thing everybody keeps saying? It's so stupid. What does it even mean? Do I have a kid? F***ing ukulele. Just say what you mean. You think Jonah is retarded. No. Yes, <sighs> 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 and he's ruining it for everybody in his class who's reading, like, the Iliad, or whatever <sighs> they read. <sighs> I'm sorry about my retarded son, Lori. Oh, I'm sorry. Quirky no no jonah is bright he's great oh it's just God. not the right just say fit, what Marlo. you mean you hate my kid what? you hate us
1: we don't hate you we don't hate your kid oh it's just God. not the right fit you need to calm down i'm not letting you leave like I
2: this. i leave like this every day every day you just don't see it
0: hi i'm bill hohen and i'm ted hohen
1: So, Beth, that's not a horror film, but it is a pretty scary scene. Oh, I think that deals with what we might call real-world horrors, which is
2: dealing with motherhood sometimes is really challenging. And in this film, it deals with the idea of postpartum depression. And on top of that, how do you cope when you're barely getting any sleep with a newborn and also another child who is difficult?
1: So I consider this real-world horrors. (laughs) Okay, so Yazdi, for your final pick, you're going with an empathetic mom and you actually get two moms, one played by Annette benning and then another played by Julianne Moore as her partner in
3: The Kids Are All Right. Yeah, so I really am a great fan of The Kids Are All Right, mostly because I think it presents motherhood as something which is messy and something that is just how you deal with life on a day by day basis. And what we have here is a wonderful story about a same-sex couple, and they have grown kids, and their grown kids decide that they want to reach out to their biological father. And so you see both of the moms struggle as their own relationship is threatened. They make horrible mistakes. They distrust each other. But at the end of the day, it is really being mothers to their, to their grown kids, which brings them back together. And I think the closing scenes of that movie are some of the best in, in very quietly and almost wordlessly depicting, you know, what your responsibility is ultimately as being a mother. And I, and I love that movie for that. And here's a great scene from the movie where the two mothers, completely unsettled by what's playing out in their lives, try to be sympathetic to their son. Your mom and I sense that there's some
1: other stuff going on in your life. We just want to be let in. What do you mean? Are you having a relationship with someone? You can tell us, honey. We would understand and support you. Look, I only met him once. What do you mean, once? Did he find you online? Wait. What? Wait, wait, who did you meet once? Paul. Paul, who's Paul? I met him with Joni. Why was Joni there? She set it up. Forget the setup. Who's Paul? Our sperm donor. Did you guys think I was gay? No. No way. Okay, so now we go from real problems, mother's face, to (laughs) something way over the top. (laughs) A real mom, a very famous one, delivers an over-the-top melodrama, Miss Joan Crawford. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So
2: Mommy Dearest is great because we kind of get two levels of mom in this. It's based on the real life of actress Joan Crawford. So on the screen, she gave us some bonkers moms from the self-sacrificing mother in Mildred Pierce to the murderous one in Straightjacket. But in real life, her adopted daughter, Christina Crawford, claimed that Joan was a sadistic mother. So Mommy Dearest serves up high camp melodrama. And I do not know where the actual truth lies. But for this discussion, who cares? The film is fantastic. Famous is for adding to our pop culture lexicon, no wire hangers. <laughs> so I want to play that scene and just visualize this. It's Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford. She looks monstrous in this facial cream with her huge arched eyebrows. And she discovers that her daughter has put a beautiful dress on a wire hanger.
1: What's wire hangers doing in this closet? Answer me! Oh, you beautiful dresses, and you treat them like they're some dish rag. You two, $300 dress on a wire hanger. We'll see how many you've got hidden some here. We'll see. We'll see. Get out of that picture. You've got your closet! Huh?
2: Okay, yeah. there may be other moms who merit mention here, but I give Dunaway and Mommy Dearest the top spot for the over the top, in your face, best. Anti Mother's Day mom ever.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was an eclectic, some might say crazy collection of Mother's Day films. I want to thank my guests, KPBS Cinema Junkie Beth Akamando and Movie Wallace Yazdi Pathavala. I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I want to wish your mothers a happy Mother's Day. And I hope you have a, a lovely weekend. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Maureen.